1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who wanna know what really works with social media. I'm very excited about today's show. Today I'll be joined by Neil Schaefer. He's the author of the new book "Maximize Your Social," and we're going to talk about social media strategy. I also am going to take a caller question on targeted Facebook updates. As a matter of fact, let's take that question right now.
1: Deep from within a remote jungle village, here's this week's social media question. Hi, Michael. This is Felipe. I'm a Brazilian. I live in Vienna, Austria, and. Uh, I'd like to spread the word on my Instagram, so instagram.com slash Vienna by Felipe BZR, so F-E-L-I-P-E-B-Z-R. My question is about uh, Facebook and international. I went to Facebook today on Coca-Cola, and they showed me mostly posts in German, and I'm in Vienna, I, I figured out that they found my location and then show me mostly posts in German and I was wondering if it's possible with every company we have to pay how do they find out which language do you, do you speak and how can we focus on a language if I'm in an international company and I want just one page for my company internationally and how can I spread the word in in different languages without having different pages if you have a word in that, I'll be very glad to know. And I think a lot of people want to know about this. Thank you very much. I love your show. I listen to every every week. God bless.
0: Thank you, Felipe. Uh, it's a great question, and it's one that not everybody knows, but um, it doesn't cost money to do this at all. All you need is to have a Facebook page for your business. And when you go into the status update field, there's a little target that appears in the bottom left. You click on it, and it says Target Buy. And you can choose all sorts of options. For example, uh, in this case, you can choose target by location. And then the first thing you'll see is it'll come up with all locations. Then you can target by country, region, or state, or city. And uh, that's in, in America. And I would imagine if you're outside of America, it might be a little different. But in this case, I could target Brazil or I could target you know any country that I want. And what this will do is this will only show updates to... People in that particular country or region or city. So, if you are a, a page that has clientele, or customers, or prospects, or fans that speak different languages, you can post Spanish updates to people in Mexico, English updates to people in the United States, French updates to people in Canada. If you if you follow the drift, and a lot of big brands do this. And the good news is it's free. It will only be seen by the particular people in those regions. And the way that they know that is because when you set up your Facebook personal profile, um, you provide lots of information about where you are. And that's how they're able to determine that particular thing. Now you can do more than just targeting by location. You can target by relationship status. So for example, if it's Valentine's Day and you want to target people that are single, versus those that are married, or you can target gender or educational status or age or language, or even things that people might be interested in. Uh, I'm sorry, not people, people that are interested in, like interested in men, interested in women. And I would imagine those could come in really handy. Um, Just keep in mind that not everyone in their personal profiles completes all this data on some of these things, because some of these things are like opted in, like I'm interested in men or I'm interested in whatever, women, and not everybody completes that or not everybody says if they're married. So those are things that you have to kind of use with caution, but I think the regional location one is pretty powerful. So give it a try, experiment with it. We've used this at Social Media Examiner, for example, to target people in the United States when we were having our physical conference here in the United States, because we knew that was the vast majority of our, of our audience. And there's lots of creative things that you can do with targeting. And again, it doesn't cost anything at all. So I think it's worth a try to the best of my knowledge. It does not work on personal profiles, but it indeed does work on business pages. And I don't really know if it works in all countries of the world, but I I believe it does. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. One other thing I forgot to mention, I always, darn it, seem to forget this <laughs> after the Q&A, is I wanted to give you instructions on actually how you can call in your question. It's very easy. All you have to do is go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail you do this from your computer. I think it works from your smartphone too. And you simply have the opportunity to record your message, a short message. And if I am able to answer it and I like the question, it may appear on a future episode of the social media marketing podcast. And it also may include, uh, it also may appear obviously in our blog post with the link back to your website, socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail. Okay, with that, let's transition over to today's expert interview with Neil Schaefer on social strategy.
1: Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
0: I'm very excited to be joined today by Neil Schaefer. If you don't know who Neil is, he's the author of the book, Maximizing LinkedIn for Sales and Social Media Marketing. He's also a social media consultant and coach. And his newest book, hot off the presses, is Maximize Your Social, a one-stop guide to building a social media strategy for marketing and business success. Hey, Neil, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you very much. Uh, It's an honor to be here and also a pleasure.
0: So today, Neil and I are going to talk about social strategy, and this is something I don't think we've actually spoken about explicitly on the show before, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, Hey, Neil, my first question is, it seems like, So many marketers that are doing social media today are really focused on the tactics, on how to do it, rather than the why of social media. What do you want to say to them?
2: Wow, there's a lot I could say to them. I guess the first thing I'd say to them is really you're operating in the blind without a plan. Uh, You know, your most precious resource as a marketer is your time. And with social media, as we all know, it can be a complete time suck. We have the emergence of new platforms with you know the Google Pluses and the Pinterest, Instagram, Vine, Reddit, what have you. And without a plan and, more importantly, without an objective and measuring what you're doing, how do you know how well you're doing, right? How do you know how you can be improving? Um, how do you know if you're meeting your objectives if you don't have those objectives to begin with? And you know, if you're doing it for your own small business, it's one thing, but if you're doing it on behalf of a client, or on behalf of a brand or company, the issue then becomes that, you know, over time, social media marketing is still relatively new, but companies are getting more savvy at it. And there's probably, as time goes by, more oversight into why aren't we doing this? Why are we spending this much money? We have 10% of our budget in social media. What are we getting out of that? And I think we're going to see a lot more oversight, corporate oversight, into what people are doing in social media. Uh, as it becomes a mass skill, becomes a skill that more and more people have, thanks to the social media examiners and the podcasts and your podcasts of the world. But it, it will become something that it's not just a matter that you're doing it; it's a matter that you're doing it well and you're meeting your corporate objectives. So, without any of that, if you're just concentrating on the tactics, as we all know, the value of a Facebook like is meaningless. Uh, it may be one, what I would call a secondary metric, but at the end of the day, all the people and all the money you're spending on social media, how does it affect your business objectives? That's the main thing. And if you're just looking at the tactics, you're completely missing that whole business picture that you need to be looking at.
0: And you know, I'll be honest as a small business owner, it's, um, it's easy for me to, to get caught up in the numbers, right? It's easy to me yeah. say, to say I'm successful because I have this many followers or this many fans, and, you know, I think sometimes we don't really think so much about the why because we're too concerned about what keeping up with the Jones is really, right, Neil?
2: Right. And, you know, there's value in that. And it's funny. I just had a client that I spoke with yesterday. They're a hotel competing with other hotels. And there, there is this notion. We talked about their Facebook strategy. And there is this notion about number of likes. They have, you know, X number of likes. Their competition, this other hotel nearby has 10 times more likes And therefore, the average person who doesn't know much about social media marketing will immediately think, wow, this this company, this hotel that has more likes, this restaurant that has more likes, there must be something good about it, right? Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I I think, and we could talk more about the metrics, which obviously I I cover in in more depth and maximize your social. I think that there is value in in comparing yourself with the Joneses and keeping up with the Joneses. And if having the same number of likes is important, um, especially for a lot of uh, small business owners, companies that really want to get brand recognition uh, in the marketplace, I, I think that is one, it's not a business objective, but it, if brand awareness is your primary business objective for doing social media marketing, I think that's very valid. How you go about in doing that is another story, and what are the other ways you can compare yourself and, and um, see how, if you're keeping up with the Joneses, I think it goes beyond just the number of likes, but yes, it is one indication, I agree with you there, in all reality. Um, when you get to a certain stage, though, I think it becomes less and less important.
0: Okay, so let's step back for a second. Before you got your hands into the crazy jungle of social media, you, you were working outside of the United States, uh, particularly in Japan, I believe, and possibly China, I'm not sure. Um, what, what did working in foreign lands teach you that actually helped you um, when it came to working in this new world of social media?
2: It provided me with a lot of extremely holistic business experience. I represented three different companies. I you know, grew up here in the United States, but after graduating from college, I went straight out to Japan. And, and now I speak fluent Chinese and Japanese. But I, I helped three different companies in the high-tech industry, basically launch sales organizations from scratch. So my first company, semiconductor company launch a new China sales organization, Japanese company not known in the market, right? How do you get brand recognition in the market when you're not known? Uh, working with another company, an embedded software company, launching their Western Japanese sales office. It is a territory that was never really looked at of strategic importance. How do, we, how do we increase our brand recognition and get ourselves known in this market where a lot of people don't know about us? And then working with a startup you know, from scratch again, and, and uh, becoming their regional VP of sales for Asia. Uh, the the commonality between all these experiences, and that's about fifteen years of of you know corporate sales, biz dev, and marketing, is number one. You know, h- how do we do this without any brand recognition I- in various countries? And each country is different, just as every social media platform is different, right? Facebook is like China, you know. Um, Twitter is like Japan, and LinkedIn's like Korea in terms of how the the number of users probably um, uh, compare to each other, but. It also meant that I had to wear a lot of the hats and when you're in charge of you know, generating business from nothing, uh, yes, you have to do sales, you have to do marketing, you're appearing at, at conferences and what have you. You have to hire people, you have legal issues, you have customer support issues as you build up your, your customer support base. So that, that also led me to a very holistic view of social media. Uh, in terms of not just social media for marketing, but social media throughout the enterprise. The other thing that I wanted to point out here is that often when I was trying to introduce our company to uh, potential customers that had never heard of us, the importance of storytelling. So in China, the storytelling that we did was how we actually helped strengthen uh, Chinese brands. We helped with Japanese technology we could help strengthen them and give them the same sort of quality that our other Japanese manufacturing customers were using. We could raise the level of uh, you know, engineering integrity internally and what have you. Um, with uh, another company I worked with, I realized that in the sales process to get a sale to the next level, bringing out the, s- the founder and CEO, he was able to share stories, early stories, how the company got started, how we help businesses that other people in the organization didn't know, and it was really these stories that helped people, that really solidified a lot of deals. And these are things that I think a lot of people take for granted. So I think this is what's given me some pretty unique insight. You know, I come more from the sales biz dev, no free lunch, build sales from scratch, only hire people when we have enough sales and profit. It's a very different world than someone that would have a PR or maybe a marketing background. So I think it's given me that insight and also given me a way to look at things in a very practical, rational, and hopefully with the advice I've given an actionable way.
0: You know, what I like about this, uh, this analogy is if you think about um, a social network, like a country, like you take Pinterest, for example, which is distinctly different than most all of the social networks, (laughs) that's like maybe going to Zimbabwe or something, you know, know, And, and, and the idea of studying it, understanding the culture, understanding what you're about to get into and, and all that kind of is a pretty interesting analogy. So Neil, this, this kind of bridges a little bit to my next question. Um what's going on in the world of social media? I know you talk about trends in your book and you talk about the need to understand trends before you put a strategy in place. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? What are the trends that you see going on and what do people need to understand about those trends to help position them to be able to come up with a good strategy?
2: Well, one of the trends that I bring up in the book and whenever I speak is this convergence of information and communication that you know, social media users get, uh, join these social networks in order to get back in touch with friends on Facebook or colleagues on LinkedIn. But slowly we start to share more information, we ask questions. And more and more we go to these social networks now as a source of news, like on Twitter, as a source of visual inspiration, like on Pinterest, or entertainment on YouTube. Or Facebook, for that matter, um, and, and therefore, what used to be just about communication is now also about information. And companies, I believe, need to be informing and not just talking about themselves, but about things that their target customers would be interested in. Um, but also need to be communicating and really engaging. So that's you know the number one thing. And, and really, you know, Twitter is the ultimate uh, you know convergence where now the news literally breaks on Twitter. So. If you want your company to be covered, and if you've invested in a in a public relations agency or have a public relations person on staff, you should be on Twitter. It, it it's a no brainer. And when I explain it in that way, and when we look at the data be- behind how many searches are being done on Twitter, um, number of users, how much of a global uh, you know network it's become, and how much of the media is very very active on it in terms of you know media outreach, it becomes a no brainer to be on Twitter. It, you don't ask the question. You know, or, you know, is it just people tweeting about what they had for breakfast? So that's just one of that, – that's a trend that we've been seeing for several years and hopefully, you know, opens up people's eyes as to the potential. But, um, you know, I, one of the trends that we see very, very clearly is the trend of paid social. Uh, just two or three days ago – and I'm sorry if I'm dating this, the recording of this podcast, but f- maybe I should say Facebook recently said that you don't need to use a third-party app now in order to do a promotion on right. Facebook. Right, right. So any small business owner doesn't need to deal with what it really isn't a complex application to begin with, but for some it is, and just say, hey, you know, for every 100 people that like this post, we're going to choose a winner. Uh, but in, in the back end, probably what Facebook is trying to do there is trying to get companies to invest more in promoted posts to actually you know, uh, market those campaigns that they're not using third party apps for. Ah. And, and I think a lot of social media marketers, especially when we talk about Facebook marketing, realize that in order to keep what, the, what used to be called EdgeRank, uh, now I guess it's 10,000 different factors instead of three, but in order to keep your engagement level up, there's almost a need on a regular basis to do a promoted post, right? Uh, to make sure, you know, this notion of last actor, that, to keep your uh, Facebook page fresh in people's minds. So the notion of paid social that you need to pay to play is becoming more and more important. LinkedIn introducing, you know, sponsored updates and LinkedIn company pages. Twitter is offering more capabilities for marketers to target uh, users. So a lot of companies that I've worked with say, well, social media is free. Why should we have to pay? But really paid social can really help your social media marketing become a lot more effective and can help accelerate all the organic things that you're doing. So that's, that's one trend that I think we should all be, that we should all realize, Hey, we've done Facebook ads. Why haven't we done, why haven't we done Twitter ads? If we're on Twitter, why haven't we experimented with, you know, sponsored updates on LinkedIn, even stumble upon as a market in order to generate website traffic, I've had extreme success on using it successful, uh, using it in a certain way at a relatively inexpensive price.
0: You know, you mentioned something about stumble upon and, we use StumbleUpon as social media examiner. Do they actually have the ability to somehow promote a stumble so that you can drive more traffic to your website? If so, can you share a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I believe the official name of it is Stumbled Upon Discovery, and they've actually had advertising for uh, a, for as long as I can remember. Wow! So what you basically do is you set up your target. Uh, there's targets by categories. There, there's, I believe, country targets as well, and you promote a stumble. And so when you're stumbling and stumble upon as a user, you hit certain sites where you'll see this is a sponsored stumble. And it appears very, very vaguely, so you can sometimes miss it. So they've really done a good job of naturally integrating the paid stumbles in. They have a pure autopilot program. They'll try to find the most relevant audience for you. And it's a very, very rational business model. It's basically 10 cents a stumble.
0: Wow. So So it's a great way to drive potential traffic to your website if you're in one of those right categories, right?
2: Exactly Now, the more thumbs up you get, the more viral reach that you get as well. So what most companies do wrong with a paid stumble is they just do their home page. Uh, you should be doing you know, something that is resourceful to your target audience. Right? I think, I'm thinking of Jay Bear's recent book Utility, of you know, find your utility posts and do those instead of just a landing page. Unless you feel very strongly that that landing page is giving away a lot of information and your target audience would definitely be interested in it. Because the, the stumble upon crowd, if they see someone just trying to market to them, they immediately will thumb that down and you're going to be dinged and you're not going to get any, anything more than what you paid for. But, so if, you, but if you're mind.
0: driving traffic to a blog post or something, then that would probably be a natural one, right?
2: exactly that would be the most natural way of using it and you know it's funny because a lot of people say well stumble upon users they you know they stumble around so they don't really have much value but i've found actually with some campaigns that traffic from stumble upon i've seen actually lower bounce rates more time on site more page views because you're targeting the right audience with the right information. It's all about that relevance, right?
0: Very interesting. Okay. So let's, let's, let's dig into strategy. um, um, where should a business start at the very basic level? Someone listening right now is probably thinking, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that, um, I, I'm moving forward with a lot of stuff without really thinking about strategy and I need to think about strategy. Where do I start?
2: I think you start, and with every client that I've worked with, we start with what are your objectives? For most companies, you have multiple objectives. It's not just about, you know, brand awareness may be one. Um, we all want to make more sales, right? For some companies, recruiting is important. Other companies I've worked with, it was purely reputation management. They just wanted to, you know, gain a better reputation through social media. So the more defined your objectives are, the easier it's going to be for you to plan your tactics, create your metrics, and then measure your ROI over time. But it really starts with those objectives. Um, maybe it's market share. Maybe it's you know uh, share a voice compared to the competition, what have you. There's there's a number of different objectives you can have, but that's really the basis of where you want to start. And also, you know, if you have a lot of different product lines, look at your own corporate strategy. What is your strategy outside of social media, right? And this is where. Your social media objectives should map into your corporate strategy. So, if our goal this year is, you know, product A, we want to increase sales more than any other product. Well, maybe that should be the focus of what you use social media for to help you do that. That's one example, but it's really thinking holistically. You know, I told you about my experience of wearing a lot of hats and at the end of the day, being responsible for, you know, a, a business unit's sale and profit. I'm thinking a lot of social media marketers have to do that as well, because a lot of the times the expectations from your CEO or president at the end of the day is they want to see how it affects the bottom line. So think like a CEO. If you don't know what the objective should be, if you're a small business owner, you know, if you work as marketing, talk to your CEO what are, you know what are the, what are the three strategic things as an organization you want to push the ball forward for in the next three to six months, six to twelve months, and see how social media can help you. Open up your social media strategy to your entire organization. I guarantee you, people in HR, people in legal, people in IT, you know, people in sales, biz dev, what have you, PR, they, they all have their own ideas, and they've all been attending social media seminars and webinars. They've all been reading, well, many of them hopefully have been reading Social Media Examiner as well, and it's going to help you create a more inclusive strategy that's going to be more comprehensive, and it's really going to help your organization company-wide And then it becomes, instead of a one-person organization or a one-person trying to convince everybody why you need to do social, it becomes a corporate-wide affair, and it makes it just easier and more effective going forward.
0: Okay, so let's say that we've come up with a couple of really good objectives. What's the next part of the strategy?
2: Well, the next part is going to be what are, well, there's a number of things that would go into a social media strategy, right? Like, for instance, social media channels. What are going to be the channels or the specific social networking sites that we're going to establish a strategic presence on, and this really comes down to who is your target user. Who, you know, the more details you know of their demographics, the better. You know, where are they in social media? That's really the critical thing. So once we determine that, you know, what is the different functionality that each of these sites have that we can maximize? And, and when I talk about maximize your social. Um, you know, yeah, we're on stumble upon, but are we using paid? We're on Twitter, but have we experimented with paid social? Have we experimented with Twitter chats and what have you? So, what are the different things that we can do, and you know, which of these should we strategically approach from a tactical perspective? And then it's really the the money or the expense that you have in social in order to meet your objective. When we talk about an ROI, you have an expense, and you have what is going to be the ROI from that expense, the investment. Is often resources. It's people. So how are people going to be spending their time, right? What channels? How much time per week? What are the tactics that we can do within that time? We'd love to tweet fifty times a day on ten different accounts, but we can't. You know, how much are we going to do? And it really comes down to defining those tactics and details because if you can do that um, over time, as you measure and you create your metrics from your objectives, if you want to increase sales, well, we need to figure out how these social media sites, you know, how our activity on them are contributing to our sales. If we have an e-commerce site, that's going to be pretty easy to do with Google Analytics and and creating conversion funnels, what have you. If we don't, you know, are our salespeople always asking, hey, how'd you find out about us? Um, Do we have a separate Twitter landing page where our more information URL on our Twitter page goes to a specific page that's targeting Twitter users that if they sign up from gives us an indication that this was the first touch came from Twitter and what have you social media is not hundred percent measurable but I do believe there's enough components of it that you can get a good indication and maybe it's you know what we have 100 different big customers uh, 10 of those big customers have engaged with us on Twitter we know that 10 percent of our sales are being influenced by what we do on Twitter that's an example right so there's, there's different ways of creating the metrics but once you have the metrics the objectives you know, over time, you say, wow, uh, Facebook is contributing a lot more to our sales than Twitter is. Maybe we should be doing more on Facebook and decreasing what we're doing on Twitter because resources are limited, they're finite. Or maybe we should be increasing our investment and doing twice what we do on Facebook and maybe doing 25% more on Twitter. So you're almost like, um, in front of a dashboard where you have levers of activity and specific things you can do on on each channel, it's almost like a mixing board. This is the way I see it, right? Um, and it's really uh, adjusting those levers at a regular rate and, and going from there, and, and looking, you know, taking a data driven approach and looking at your metrics and fine tuning things over time. In addition to never ending experimenting and, and you know keeping on top of the latest trends and what have you.
0: Okay, Neil. So let's let's put this to the test. Um um, let's say that, um, social media examiner has a property called my kids com, which is targeting, um, uh, busy parents that want to have fun with their kids. And our objective is to drive, um, more traffic to the blog and ultimately get people to sign up for our updates. Um, and let's just say that's what we have for a social media strategy. And indeed, that is what we are doing right now. Cause it's only six weeks old. How would you help us right now? What should we be asking and what should we be thinking about when, when maybe making that social strategy a little more comprehensive?
2: Well, I think the first thing you need to do is look yourself in the mirror. Is your website set up to attract people when they come? And I I know it is, but uh, some companies want to start engaging in social media. And then when you get back to their website, it looks like a website out of the nineties. So the, the, the branding has to be there. The content has to be there because especially for you, you're attracting parents with children that are looking for ideas so do you already have that content in your website I know you do some companies might not that's really the starting point uh, so you better media. have something
0: good for them when they show up is what you're saying
2: exactly social media doesn't sell anything for you right uh, it, it helps it, it helps accelerate and helps amplify right so if you have a bad product social media is not going to help you it's only gonna uh, spread the word about that bad product. So you obviously want to make sure that you have your house in order.s Is what I would say. But really, if your target is just for generating website traffic, uh, there are statistics that show you know the sites that generate a lot of website traffic are number one obviously Facebook just because you have that mass number of users, but Pinterest and StumbleUpon. And I would add, if you're interested in website traffic, that Google Plus is also critical because of the obvious SEO benefits that it has. So from a channel perspective, these are the channels that I would probably spend more time on than others. And I think with with Facebook, um, that would probably be where you're spending your most time just because of the number of users. But really without going forward on each of these channels and investing some time and resource, uh, part of the resource, I would definitely recommend paid StumbleUpon to try to accelerate things. I'd recommend paid Facebook. With Pinterest, I would try to find a category. That makes uh, that is most aligned with what you're doing, maybe it's the travel category where people are looking for inspiration on on where to travel um, and you know maybe those every travel picture that you post there has pictures of kids with kids uh you know um, in the text in the descriptions right and obviously um, looking for similar pictures you know when um, when you pin things, Pinterest will show you. Who else pin the same pictures? So it's not just about pinning your own content. That's why well. I believe content curation is, is another one of these essential elements of the social media strategy. And I talked about the paid on Upon. It's funny in Japan, you know, Google Plus does not have advertising, right? But in Japan, I noticed that there were some uh, fashion. There was one musician and one uh, fashion model that actually was using Google AdWords, a visual widget, like a 300 by 250, to promote their Google Plus page. Mm. In other words, follow us on, you know, like us on Google Plus. And it was actually, if you clicked on it, it would go directly to their Google Plus page. So with a little bit of imagination, you can use paid social in many, many different ways, including Google Plus, if you just want to accelerate that outreach. And then it really comes down to the content. What's going to make the, the target user that you have, what's going, to, um, what's going to make them want to click through? On a Facebook, post. what sort of conversations should you be having? Um, you know, there's lots of different parents out there, and just like there's lots of different, you know, mommy bloggers out there. Do you concentrate on newborns? Do you concentrate on kids that are in elementary school and high school? Um, kids that enjoy tech? There's just a lot of subcategories in there, and I would almost recommend that you try to pick four different. I call them content buckets, and maximize your social. But pick four or five different themes and create content around all of the, uh, these different themes, post on a regular basis and as you look at your metrics and you divide by category of content and how these categories of content did on each of the social networks as well as your blog and social shares and um, how engaging the readers who came to your website were I think you over time begin to paint a picture that these are the categories that really get people passionate about your brand and that tend to generate more website traffic than others and then you tweak those and maybe instead of um, you know, once a week on four different categories, you start doing twice a week on those more strategic categories that are generating more website traffic.
0: Now, um, thank you, first of all, for all that insight. And and the reason I wanted to ask this example is because um, in the case of Social Media Examiner, um, we've never really paid for any social promotion. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now um, probably May not have the budgets to, or may may not think they have the budgets, or may not understand the value proposition of a paid promotion across a social channel. And we've grown rather nicely, but in the case of my kids' adventures, um, we're not growing as fast as I would like to grow. And maybe someone listening right now is thinking the same thing. You know, we're we're having success. We have a great content strategy. We have a presence on the social networks that matter, but we're we're, we're slow, methodical, organic growth. Now, um, which is fine and probably acceptable for some people, but others might be like, "I wish I could figure out how to grow faster." And I would like to explore with you a little bit, Neil, because I do think most people just use the free components of social and they don't even explore the paid components. I agree. Um, talk a little bit about why. Why should someone even consider? the paid side of, of social? Um, because obviously just using it to grow your fans on Facebook may not be such a smart thing, but talk through it a little bit with me.
2: You know, it all comes down to the fact that time is money and there is an opportunity loss for whatever you do. This is obviously just a general business concept. And because the major investment, if you are a Fortune 500 company, you have a major investment in resources, but there's also tools that can cost you a lot of money. For a lot of small businesses out there that have done it organically, they probably don't spend more than $100 a month on any given tool, right? You have the, you know, the free version of Hootsuite, you have Google Analytics, what have you. But your time is money, so you know you don't have to use paid social. Uh, and I didn't use paid social for a while. Um, but. If you can grow it organically, that's the best thing. Brands that already have brand recognition can do that. Brands that don't have brand recognition, it's going to take longer. And the longer you take, the easier it is for your competition to uh, to gain mind share. So it's really saying if, if time is money and instead of spending your time on uh, engaging on 100 different blogs a- and commenting, um, you could be spending that time and maybe creating better content and spending part of the time that you saved in maybe just you know $20 $50 $100 it, it it's really good when you have an ROI attached to something when i do webinars or obviously coming out with the book uh, there's an ROI attached that you know if i ha- if i'm doing a $100 webinar or if you're doing a $1000 event and you spend $1000 on advertising and you get um, you know 10,000 clicks and you know that your conversion rate is you know whatever it is it's very, very easy to calculate that ROI and to feel confident that this has been a good investment. So, you know, paid social is one component. I'm all about maximi- you know, maximizing the potential. And whether you use it or not, I-, I do believe it's something that you should be aware of, that it's another tool in your tool chest, in your arsenal that you can use. It's really good, like I said, promoted tweets, you know, sponsored posts. When you have a campaign that's tied to an ROI, you know, for every 100 people that download our white paper, we're confident we're going to get we're going to close one or two sales or get five new leads. These are things that we can attach an ROI to, and these are the things that work best with the sponsored posts and sponsored tweets. The likes and followers usually work best when we're a brand new brand. We just want to get our name out there. Um, you know, let's just use paid for the first 500 likes or for the first 1,000 followers. But over time, you you should have internal targets. By the end of the year, we want to get to 20,000 likes. We're only at 15,000. Well, let's budget a little, you know, money to help supplement uh, this organic growth rate to help us get there. Uh, and then I won't say we can guarantee it, but in addition to spending the money to help you achieve this target, you're also uh, with with you know what we used to call edge rank. You're also bringing in new blood that may engage with your content in a different way. They're more recent followers, and hopefully, uh, you're not only just increasing the number of likes, but hopefully, you're increasing your engagement uh with new people as a result of that as well. I think a lot of people forget about that. So it's a component that you should experiment with. You know, if you're if one hour of your time isn't worth $20, then forget what I'm saying. But if one hour of your time is worth at least $20, spend the $20 and use that time to do something that may be more strategic or more value added. And I'm not saying that blog commenting and engaging in social media, that's all extremely valuable, but you can't be everywhere at once. Time is finite, limited resources, you have to be very, very careful about how you spend your time with social. Use paid to help supplement that. And I believe engage in social media smarter.
0: Neil, I just want to say thank you for providing really awesome insight in so many different ways in today's podcast. I'm sure a lot of people listening want to check out your new book, Maximize Your Social, and maybe even check out more about you. Where would you send them?
2: Well, my personal website is – well. Hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, I used to be called windmillnetworking.com, actually launching maximizeyoursocial.com. So if you go to windmillnetworking, it better be redirecting to Maximize Your Social, uh, which is also the name of the book. So that should be easy to remember. Uh, I'm also giving away, a, if you're really interested in the book, obviously go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, what have you. It's being distributed and, and published by Wiley. There's also a free sample. If you go to Maximize Your Social or I blog at Maximize Social Business, you should be able to see... A link there to download a free sample to get get a taste of the book if you are interested in purchasing it.
0: Neil Schaefer, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us on today's podcast.
2: Thank you very much for the opportunity, Mike. And I I wish everybody out there listening the best of luck.
0: Well, I hope you found some valuable nuggets of information and insight out of that interview with Neil. If there was anything that we talked about that you missed, you can find the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 60. Yes, this is episode 60. Wow. Um, also last thing I want to ask is if you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you'd visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. What that will do is pre-populate a tweet in your Twitter stream that says you enjoy the show and recommend it to your friends and followers. That's socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. This does bring us to the end of the social media marketing podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelsner, I will be back with you again next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. Now I just got to find that darn outro.
1: <laughs> the Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.